before we open God's word, let's bow. O Lord God, how great thou art, O Lord, and how small we are. Thy store of this abundance supplied over our needs that are gathered here, dear Father, that thou knowest very well each one what he needs this morning to hear. As we sang, we pray, O Lord, open our hearts as thou didst unto Lydia to understand those works which are meant for us, to our strengthening in thee, dear Father, that we may continue on this journey, dear Father, and faithfully meet thee in eternity, dear Father. Bless the Holy Word as it goes forth this morning hour. Be thou with those that could not gather with us, the sick, the shut in, uphold them in thy grace. We all need thee, dear Father, especially here at the beginning. We thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in John chapter 7. John chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see thy works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast, I go not yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these things, these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceived the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. 
He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave you unto, unto you the circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry with me at me, because I have made the man every bit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers in know indeed that this is the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he had sent me. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid his hand on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which the man had done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me, and ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this? That he said, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard these things, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Had not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David, and out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was. So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, 
Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never speak men like this man. Then answered the, them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But the, these people who know it, not the lies, cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, He came to Jesus by night, being one of them. Doth our law judge any man because he hear him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went on his own house. I've read the whole chapter. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, walked on this earth. And he testified of the truth. And wherever truth is being testified, sooner or later there's going to be a conflict. Because man, at his very nature, is wicked. When you read in the Old Testament, after they came to the land, the land, the promised land, they soon turned away from what they were told specifically. And it happens again and again. It shows us that the people left to their own devices, they turned to evil. It's the fallen nature of man. Somebody said, the fact that the wicked nature of man is, is a fact, but which most people ignore. When God sets no bounds, there is no limit to the wickedness. And Jesus, because he spoke the truth, ran into conflict. He could have said the things that they please them to hear, healing, feeding, doing all those things, to be accepted, but he had to testify with the truth. And testifying the truth caused a problem. And will cause you a problem too. If you testify of the truth, if you want to do what's right, sooner or later you run a conflict. It can be at work, it can be at school. At work they may ask you to lie. They may ask you to cheat for business sake. We see that in this world, it's so true that the love of money is the root of all evil. They will stop at nothing, even at dying. When they have a solution of a, of a sickness, they suppress it because they cannot make money. And whenever, whenever you hear something advertised, right away comes you, what's there in there for them? And many of them will stop at nothing. Jesus Christ testified the truth, and here it says that not even his brothers in the flesh did believe in him. They had seen him growing up. But even they, why is it so that even those that were closest to him, the psalm day by day says, for neither, neither did his 
brethren, believe in him. They told them, there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeks to know openly if that doeth these things, show thyself to the world. If you want to be known, show yourself from his very own brother in the flesh. We can see <clears throat> the how, when there is a real need for God opening the heart. You can hear the words that are being spoken and the Lord, by reading his chapter, did speak to each one of you, beginning here at the beginning. He spoke, but unless you have the right attitude, the Lord will not open your heart. And if he doesn't open your heart, it just is as if you didn't hear it, but you are accountable of what you heard. <clears throat> On many occasions, they sought to take him and kill him, as also in this chapter we read. But Jesus said, it's not his time yet. So God has a purpose of Jesus Christ coming here, and he would set bounds of time and place when it would happen. He could have easily escaped even the last time they took him. Could have, knowing what was coming. But it had to be in obedience to the purpose of God. It had to happen. And God takes care of his children as well. That doesn't mean that he will spare them of any suffering. But to know that he's in control, that he knows the purpose, should help us also to accept it. Suffering doesn't come easy. But what the Lord allows on us, he also gives the strength to bear it. Some of us perhaps have not suffered much because it's all can we take. But the Lord looks at the heart, the willingness to do his will. <clears throat> the world cannot hate you, but be it hated because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Do you get along with the world? Does the world hate you? Or does it get along and like the one that was conscripted to the military and he was worried how it's going to fare because in the old country, if they refused to take arms, then they were put in prison. So he was worried. Well, it, after his term was over, he, he, his friends asked him, well, did you have any problem with it? No, nobody knew I was a Christian. But I'm missing out. When you work, where you work, where you go to school, does it happen the same way that people don't notice what you are, that you fit in so perfectly that they think you're one of them? You laugh at their jokes. You go along when they go protesting something. You, you even go along in cheating. How sad it is when you have heard the truth and you deny it by your walk. Eventually, did Jesus go up to the Feast of the Tabernacles, the dedication of the temple? <clears throat> and wherever truth is being proclaimed, there's going to be a division. This can also happen in the midst of our here gathering. That's the division. 
Jesus Christ said, do you think I brought peace on earth? When we read, when the angels proclaimed, as it is written in, in our Bibles, peace and goodwill on earth. Somebody said a more proper translation would be peace and goodwill to men of goodwill. Because Jesus himself said, when he came here, there's going to be a division. Do you think about peace on earth? There's going to be a division. In the very households, there are going to be divisions. Father against children, children against father, mother against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother. In the very house, there are going to be divisions. And there needs to be a division if you want to cling to the truth. If you want to side with the truth, it's going to separate you from some. And it's sometimes hard because we care for them. But when it comes to God, he should be our first priority more than anything. The Bible says he's a jealous God. He demands what is his. To him belongs all glory, honor, adoration. He has created for that purpose. They are his. And he's jealous over it. And those that refuse to give him that, how sad it is for them. <clears throat> when you read in the Old Testament, it says, even it says, if the wife of your bosom says, let's go and worship other gods, you shall not spare her. Not spare her. Those that are the closest to you, you cannot. You cannot. God demands to be first. And by God demanding first, we then can have the right relationship with the others, even with our loved ones. If we put God first, then those other relationships will fall in place. <clears throat> Some said he's a good man. Others said, nobody deceived the people. And the biggest divisions, they are usually based on religion. If people would leave alone those that disagree with them, it might be more tolerable. But when you profess something else and, and they profess something, it causes a division that they seek to overpower you. We see that some religions that claim to be peaceable, how they burn down churches, how they kill people, And so it was in that time too, the ones that caused the biggest problems in opposition to Jesus were those that the religious rulers. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters having never learned? When God teaches you, you don't need schools. That important things in life, God himself teaches you when you are willing to listen. And he will give you a wisdom that the, even the most learned people cannot withstand. Christ promised that. You may not have the answers now, but the, the, when the need is given that you must answer the truth, God will give it to you if you are willing to receive it. And Jesus said something very profound. 
Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether it speak of myself. That's the way to know God. If you do his will. If you think you can find out about God, the truth, just by reading and reading and reading and studying, it must be doing. When God sees that you mean business, that you do what you already know that he wants, he will give you to know the truth. But if you refuse to, you say, well, wait and see. Give me more proofs. What does God ask of you? Does he ask you to do some evil or to do something good? And if you refuse to do that good, how do you expect that God will answer you? Don't expect that God will lay everything out to you and then you just agree, check it off. No, no. You must obey already what you know about God. You must obey and you must do it. Then he gives you more. That's why he says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, whether I speak of myself. <clears throat> they held, those people that opposed them held Moses in high esteem. But did they do the things that Moses told them? <clears throat> did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep it the law? None of you keep it alive. Why do you kill, about to kill me? They were going to kill him in secret. That was against the law. The law demanded that if somebody was worthy of death, it had to be established by two or three witnesses, by interrogating them, by seeking proof. But they had to do him away just to, on the whim. Although they held Moses in high esteem, Yet they didn't do the law. Really, they could not do it, actually. Because human, the unregenerated nature of man cannot keep the law. And the law was there to make them realize they cannot keep it, to realize that they are dead, to realize that they are sinning, that they need a savior. But they refused to. They, they thought they honored Moses, but they did not keep the law. Jesus said, if the Abraham, <clears throat> When Lazarus, the poor man Lazarus, was resurrected in the bosom of Abraham, and the rich man that, at whose doorstep he was laying, when he was found himself in hell, he asked that somebody would be sent from the dead. He said, if they don't hear Moses and the law, neither will somebody raised from the dead. That was a prophecy too. If you don't hear, if you don't heed the law, and it doesn't convict you, the law, of right and wrong. You will not believe Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. It's so true. And yet God makes salvation available to everyone. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be smart. No, you have to be sincere and acknowledge your condition. And you can avail yourself that salvation. What an accusation. 
The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil, who goes about to kill thee? The contradiction, the controversy against Jesus, who came to save the world, who saved him. They accused him of being the devil. How can they stand? And yet it says the Bible, it can be forgiven them if they repent. It can be forgiven them. To think of it, that the worst criminal can be forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did for him. And of us, that may, some of us may think ourselves that good. Are we that good, really? Without Christ, given the circumstances, given the pressure, we would deny the truth. If we are pressed hard enough, and Jesus Christ allows even those that he saves then, suffering allows, to pressure them, to really show what's in them still, what still has to go, has to be released. Let's be careful, not be proud, and look down at other people and say, well, this one doesn't deserve salvation. No. By the grace of God, we are what we are. By the grace of God, we attain salvation. And it's the grace of God that keeps us if we are willing to be kept. Jesus spoke boldly, he says, but lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? You know, people, they still look to the rulers. And in some religions, it goes what the priest says to them. You ask them, do they read the Bible? And you quote to them the Bible, do you know this? Well, the priest says. Some people look to, to rulers. And the simple-minded are deceived that way. But Jesus Christ now deals with each one individually. He can lead you. Those that have not heard the Bible even read, he can give them a vision like he does with many of the Mohammedans when they turn unto him. He gives them vision and dreams so that they seek then and they find. And without seeking, you will not find. The quotation in the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is rewarded to them that diligently seek him. You have problem to believe that he exists? Look at the creation and ask yourself, is it possible that that is done without a creator? And if you can't believe that God exists, you must diligently seek him. Diligently seek him means that I put a more higher priority than anything else. Anything else that holds you, that keeps you, you must give up. And by doing so, he will give you more light. He will know that's the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yes, his very own brothers did not believe on him. So also the people said, but we know when this man's very is, when Christ cometh, no man knoweth where he is. We have the privilege of the account of Jesus' birth. They didn't have that yet. Although the shepherds proclaimed it throughout the hill country, what they had heard the angels say that Jesus' birth, you know, 
seems that many have forgotten this, but some had perhaps retained it. But God will allow doubts. God will allow doubts. Because how can you have faith without any doubts? It's those things that we don't understand. It's those things that we don't know where faith really is important. But God leads you gently on. And as he leads you, you can look back to his faithfulness and strengthen your faith in the next step to accept the things that you don't understand. So these people too, they, although they thought they knew where Jesus came from, they had doubts. But they had they followed what he had said, they could have able to have the faith to accept what he said. For I know him, for I am from him, and he had sent me. And the Jews understand this to being God. Because they said, then they sought to take him, but no man laid his hands on him because his hour is not yet come. His hour was not yet come. He had to do all the works that he had to do, so they would have no excuse. His hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which these men had done? Jesus Christ himself said, if you don't believe my words, believe me for the very works that I'm doing. As much as he asked them to believe and obey and would give them more. But some write it off so easily. Some think they know and they write off the truth so easily. Even those that have heard it for many, many times, they don't stop. What is it? The allure of this world, the deceitful of riches, deceives them and it causes blindness. Not everyone that hears the word of God will obey it. Yet many will not. The very Jesus Christ who walked on this earth, many did not believe him. Even after his resurrection, many did not believe. Some doubted. The Lord works with a heart that is sincere, that has no pretense, and humble heart. To them he gives grace. That's the key to it. But if you think we know, no, our understanding can take us just so far. It's for faith to take over then. And God can give that faith to take over. Jesus preached there at the Feast of Education, which probably lasted a whole week. Then at the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this speaking of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. As long as Jesus Christ was on this earth, the Holy Ghost didn't come into the hearts of men. To his disciples, he said, if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost will not come. And we understand it's more important the Holy Ghost come than Jesus Christ be bodily here on earth. 
it's more important for the Holy Ghost to come because that's the perfect way that God has planned for those that want to receive him and walk in truth, that he may dwell in their hearts, guiding them. And we, have, when we avail ourselves of the scripture, the Holy Ghost will avail, remind us of the things that we need to know as we are facing situations to make decisions. He will do that unto us. Many of the people therefore, when they heard these saying, said, of a truth, this is the prophet. We gathered at meant the prophet of Moses spoke of. The prophet of whom Moses said, if anybody will not hear that prophet, he shall be cut off. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, shall Christ come to Galilee? They still thought that he was from Galilee. Yes, he lived in Galilee, but he was actually born of the lineage of David in Bethlehem. Those that stuck around, they would f finally find out that fact and be reconciled, and they didn't have, they knew the fact, they didn't know they never believe it, but they knew it. But those that not are willing to stick around and hear the whole story, they will have doubts. And so it is with us too. If we don't avail ourselves of God's word, we'll have more doubts. But the more we avail ourselves of God's work and do what the word says, we will know more and less doubt. And our faith can then deal with more difficult things. Some, the word says, are babes in Christ. Babes need to be fed, nurtured, and burped. But those that avail themselves, they will grow to maturity. Yeah, they knew that Christ was coming of the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. You know, whole Jerusalem was in uproar when the wise men came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the king of the Jews born? And the, the rulers of the people, the, the teachers, they knew, he says, that the prophet has prophesied that in Bethlehem shall be born the ruler. And the whole Jerusalem was in uproar, and King Herod was scared that he would lose something. It happened. Did they forget that? About 30 years ago. See, those that spoke to each other, they perhaps remembered what was said and found it then easier to accept what Jesus said. It's so important, the fellowship, that we encourage and edify one another. And the officers did. They, then, then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? The officer answered, Never speak man like this man. How true that is. Never speak man that like this man. The claim that he made, that he's the son of God, that he's the truth, that he's going to die and resurrect. Things that he said, if they were not true, surely would be very awful. But he said them, he had to say them, and we have to accept that. Truth, by its very definition, is exclusive. There can be no other two. Truth, by its very definition, is exclusive. And because Christians do claim to have the truth, 
they're being hated. People like to accommodate. Many religions they like to accommodate others. But the very fact that truth is exclusive, otherwise it ceases to act with the root, many hate it. But the truth must be lived and witnessed too. Not all the rulers were against him. Nicodemus said unto them, He that came to Jesus when I have been in them, doth our Lord judge any man before he hear him and know what he doeth? He knew what everybody knew, that Allah had to judge first, discern, have witnesses, and he reminded them of the very fact. But no, they want to do him away in secret, even at the very end, not at the feast, lest there be an uproar. But God had it a different way. God made it so that it would be open, many witnesses of his crucifixion and death. It was not hid. God saw it fit that it would be established without any shadow of a doubt what had happened, in spite of what they had planned. Thanks be to God that he did that, so that we can read about it, we can hear about it, and find it easier to believe. Yes, Jesus Christ, when he was asked of Pilate, he said he came to witness of the truth. The truth, first of all, that man is fallen, that his very nature is fallen. And given the circumstances, he will fail, he will deny. He will not meet God's purpose for which he was created. And that he needs a savior, that a holy and just God will not gloss over sin, when Moses asked to see God and God proclaimed his, his name before Moses, it's, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness of truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto children, children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate him the very essence of God that we can understand is there and makes now sense now that we hear about Jesus Christ that he did forgive. He did forgive, but he will not gloss over it that a great price had to be paid. This is our, the truth that was revealed in due time when the Son of God came. It was hid before. They, have, they should have asked themselves, how is it possible that he forgives sin and yet not clear the guilty? A just and holy God. Abraham said of God, said, shall not the just of the, the judge of the whole world do justly? He believed that God was just, even though he may not understand how. And he obeyed, he obeyed. And he became the father of faith because he obeyed. May God add what was lacking in weak spoken in weakness, to him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This morning we heard about Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles, the feast where they celebrated and remembered their traversal through the desert from Egypt to Canaan, the Promised Land, and they lived in booths. They made little huts of 
branches and, and, and leaves and thatch, and they dwelt in the desert for 40 years. And he cried out on the last day of that feast, I think it was a seven-day feast, an octave, on the seven to seven or eight inclusive, that he was the one sent from God and whoever believes on him should out of his belly flow living waters. As we heard, that signified that God would give the Holy Spirit to those that believe on him. Ironically, even his brothers did not believe on him. There's a saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. When you know someone, there's so much cynicism about, oh, who does he think he is? I know this, I know him, he's my brother. And perhaps amongst us is a bit of contempt. Familiarity, we've heard this before. I haven't heard anything new, I haven't heard anything different. And nothing really moves me. Besides, there are other things that I could believe in. Just this morning, I read about a very famous physicist. His name was Michio Kaku, Japanese physicist. He was responsible for the development of what he called the twin theory, the, twin, the string theory, if you will. And he said, I believe more now than ever that this world was created. It didn't come about by chance. Time, matter, and space and chance. Because it is so complex. He said that God must have been a mathematician. Because there's so much proof of design in creation that he's gone from the past of being somewhat skeptical to now coming out flat out and saying God must have been a mathematician now many of us may or some of us should I say may adhere to the to the saying that seeing is believing we need proof to believe God is. We heard this morning that God, those that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. My dear friend, outside of Jesus Christ, you will not prove a spiritual phenomenon through physics. But what you cannot deny, I don't believe anyone can deny that this world came out by chance. And if that is the case, then there must be some creator. And if that is the case, why is it hard to believe that it is the creator as we read and learn about in the word of God? Just yesterday I was thinking...
The argument is not, is can God make something out of nothing? Or can God raise the dead? Or can God heal? Is it, I don't see the physical proof of that. The problem is, if I believe that there is a God, then everything is possible. We have to believe in one miracle, then we don't have to explain the millions of other miracles. Those that do not believe in God must explain every miracle, every phenomenon, every unknown, every mystery in order to explain these things. They have to explain everything through scientific means, and they cannot. The reason I'm saying is, is back in the day of the Jew of Jesus, there were those that didn't believe. Even though they believed in a God, there were those that didn't believe. And today we'd say, well, if only God will prove to me that he exists, then I'll believe everything. Is that true? There were those that knew God, that believed God was. They followed him, they worshipped him, but they wouldn't believe the prophecies that Jesus spoke and even quoted and even explained of himself. In another chapter, it says, If someone would come in their own name, you would believe and accept him, but you will not accept me. Perhaps the real explanation to that is people will not believe because if they did, they'd be accountable. They'd be accountable to follow through, they'd be responsible to follow through. And it takes, it's, there's a cost to that. And the cost is denying themselves, taking up the cross, and following Jesus. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. But there's a cost to it. And that is following Jesus. Doing the things that he said for us to do. May the Lord bless his word to him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.